What's going on, listeners, to the Eric and Chris Have Issues podcast? Uh, even though listener may be more appropriate, um, I did want to put you on to a podcast that I've started on my own. Aside from Eric and Chris Have Issues, yeah, we haven't put out an episode in a minute, uh, but that does not mean that we are done. In the meantime, I started one on my own, um, and this is the first episode. I wanted to give you a quick listen. If you're interested in it, after you listen, go ahead and subscribe. Look us up. It's called Expecting Taylor. And, well, let's just get into it, and I'll tell you what's going on. What's good, friends? This is Eric of Eric and Chris Have Issues. Obviously, uh, Chris is not here. Um, this is a, a brand new show. Um, it's not the end of Eric and Chris have issues by any means. Um, but Chris and I are in the process of creating, uh, something bigger than just Eric and Chris have issues. We're in the, in the process of creating, um, abstract media main, uh, that's mostly Chris, but I agreed to help him out with it and do what I can. Um, but in doing that, uh, it means that there will be more shows other than just Eric and Chris have issues under that umbrella. Um, one of the shows that we thought about adding was, um, one of just me, uh, not that any of you actually wanted more of me, but I thought it would be fun. So even if seven of you listen to it, I'm going to do it because it's kind of fun. Um, but that's pretty much why I'm here. So, uh, in trying to come up with an idea for the show in the last few weeks, I kind of had a, something come up that gave me a great idea, um, for what I can center this show on. And as of this taping, I don't exactly have a name for the show. Um, obviously if you are listening to it, you see the name, um, so you may, based on the, the name that you see, you may have a pretty good idea of what happened. Um, but in order to get to that, I guess I'll just give you a little bit of background and, um, I guess 2018 has been a pretty good year for me. Um, earlier in the year, I was able to, uh, leave a job that I had been in since I have lived in Atlanta um, those of you who listen to Eric and Chris have issues know that the job that I had, had me traveling all the time. I was first year that I took that job in 2015. Um, so like the day, like I moved to Atlanta on like in, on a, a weekend, uh, got here like on a Wednesday or something like that, uh, something like that. I don't remember exactly what the days were, but I was supposed to start work on that Monday. So that Monday I ended up getting on a plane, flying to Detroit, which was the headquarters for that job. Um, getting my computer, a bunch of travel documents, and then driving to Windsor, Ontario, uh, to work on a project for that job. That's all well and good. Cause I had I had my flight out to Detroit. I had a return ticket the next, uh, like in two weeks. So it was pretty much a round trip flight. So the first day I get there, I'm meeting with my boss and other coworkers. 
I meet them at the plant after I finally get across the border because I was going to be there a while. So I had to have like a work permit for Canada because Canada is really particular about those things. And we're sitting around at, at Applebee's because we were doing a big that day. And I was like, so when are you all uh, flying back home? Because my return flight is in two weeks. And everybody at the table looked at me and they were like, well, <laughs> what are you talking about, dude? Like you have a return flight? And I was like, uh, yeah, because I was under the impression that we were going to be here for two weeks and then I fly home. And they were like, yeah, you probably ought to cancel that because we're going to be here for the remainder of the summer. So this is in this is in uh, May when this is happening, when I'm having this conversation. So I, I got there in May, made a couple trips back for weekends and stuff like that. Um, a couple of trips back to Oklahoma because my aunt was dying of cancer at the time. And then she eventually had a funeral. So with all those off and ons, weekends and days at a time, I was in Canada from May until October or something like that. It was sometime in October whenever I left Canada and never went back. So I was thinking that that's, that summer was a fluke. I spent the whole summer in Canada um, I had moved to Atlanta. I still had boxes in my house cause I never had a, in my apartment cause I never had a chance to unpack them. So I was like, well, dude, hopefully it gets better than this. Well, it didn't. The next summer I spent the entire summer in Mexico city. Um, the summer after that, I spent the entire summer in Detroit. And then after I went to Detroit, I got back and ended up having to go to Chicago, um, and I was, I think, actually, I think I was in Detroit around the time that I got married. So I had enough time to leave work, come home, get married, and then go back to Detroit. Um, so I actually flew in town for my own wedding. Um, and then after that, we went to Chicago. Well, I was in Chicago through uh, most of the winter into January. Um, so my wife and I spent our first Thanksgiving in a hotel room eating uh, Boston Market in Chicago. So I was, I think I was back home for Christmas, but on new year's day, I got on a plane and flew back to Chicago and I was in Chicago for the entire month of January of this year. So when I finally got back, um, it was around the time that my wife had been, we were, we were searching for a house. She found one that she kind of liked. Um, and I came back one weekend to see it. I fell in love with it. Then I went back to Chicago for a week and then came back here and then I was done traveling um, and immediately started looking. Well, I had actually started looking for jobs the summer before when I was in Detroit, but I couldn't make it to any interviews because I was in Detroit. And because uh, the companies that I was looking at, none of them did phone interviews. And that was the only option I had because I obviously wasn't in town. <clears throat> but. Um, I was able to look for a job and find one in um, about, it was early February, I found a job. Um, and we had also decided that we wanted to buy this house. Um, so I ended up in a, in, a, in a situation where I was closing on a house on February 28th, and I was starting a job on Monday... March 2nd. I think, I think it was March 2nd, which is a huge no, no. Like when, if, 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 if you have ever bought a house, 
um, one of the main things they look at is, is the stability of your employment. And if you are in between jobs or about to change jobs, that's a huge no-no. So it was kind of like one of those things that I had to keep a secret. And I'm hoping that nobody is going to, I mean, they, they called my, my first job, my, the job that I was leaving, they called it a couple months ago just to verify my employment. But I was hoping that they wouldn't call again on the day of closing because on the day of closing, I was going to be leaving that job in like three days because I think the 28th was like a Wednesday or something like that. And my last day at that job was going to be Friday. So I was like, please, Lord, let this happen. Let this work out. And it did. So we were able to close on the house. Um, I ended up leaving that job because I was traveling way too much, came to the job where I am now, where I have yet to travel. They told me that it was going to be like 25%. So at my last job, it was more like 60. At this one, they were telling me 25%. I was like, perfect. That's, that's perfect. I'll do it. But I mean, this has been a really good year and I haven't had to travel at all. So I actually get the opportunity to, uh, you know, like live in my house, which is dope. Um, <clears throat> so that's a little bit of background on the, the entire year. Um, so fast forward, to last week. So last week was pretty stressful. Um, just because I had this big half million dollar project at work that I was working on and it kind of got held up in some of the beginning stages before I got a chance to touch it and do my part. And, um, I, I originally had 11 days to do all the testing that I needed to do on this project. But because it got held up so much in the beginning, I that was trimmed down to like five. So I had five days to get all the testing that I needed to do done. And then the customer was supposed to come in and see it um, on Monday, the next Monday. So I was at work all last week stressing. Um, and I brought up my last job just because it was routine that uh, that I would work 12 hours a day, seven days a week whenever I was out of town. Um, I had gotten used to working 80 plus hours a week. It was nothing. So last week, whenever I pulled 52, it was like the end of the world. And then I had to laugh at myself because last year was way worse. Um, but anyway, it was, it was, it was a stressful week at work. And, um, I remember, I think it was Wednesday that my mother called me and, um, this is all in December, by the way. I don't know if I have a timestamp on this or not to where you can see where when I'm recording this. But um, as of right now, today is December 19th. So last week <clears throat> on Wednesday, my mom, uh, she sent me a text and asked me if I could talk to her. And she does that from time to time, which lets me know that I haven't been talking to my mom enough. Um, I think that day I'd actually text her early in the day, which started the conversation. And she was like, can you talk? Because I haven't heard your voice, blah, 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 whatever. Um, so I called her and she was like, I've had this dream uh, where there was a baby in it. Is there something that you're not telling me? And I was like, uh, no, <laughs> I don't I don't know uh, what that's supposed to mean. There's nothing I'm not telling you. Um, I mean, my my frat brother, my LB called me yesterday and told me that they're having a baby like in April. Um, that that's the only baby I know of. So I don't know. So we chatted for a little bit, uh, got off the phone into the story. So 
I told my wife about it and she kind of laughed and we both laughed and she uh, had this comment, uh, which I kind of agree with, not that, uh, and it's not even to put my mom on blast, but people do it all the time. Um, It's just that whenever you ask people whether or not they are pregnant before they're willing to tell you, then it kind of puts them in a situation where, I mean, it's bad because there's a reason why whenever people immediately get pregnant that they don't just immediately start telling people because there are risks associated with the first trimester and you usually try to get through that before you get people's hopes up and get your own hopes up and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, the next day I'm sitting at work and I'm stressing again and um, at some point in the morning my wife sends me this text and she said maybe your mom was on onto something and in this text was a picture of a pregnancy test with a blue line on it. And I stopped. I was like, what? <laughs> what? Like, it's, it's hard to reconcile. Like, I, in, I had like this, this, spurt of adrenaline, this rush of energy, this rush of excitement, but I was confused. Like, (laughs) like I didn't, I didn't exactly know how to process it. And I think that caught me off guard because we've talked about having kids. We talked about how many we wanted. We talked about how we wanted to start. Like we weren't necessarily trying to get pregnant, but we weren't necessarily trying not to get pregnant, if you know what I mean. So she sends me this picture and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, maybe she was like, maybe my mom was onto something. Like, I, I don't know what to do with that. So for the rest of the day, for the rest of the week, I'm in my head trying to process, trying to reconcile the idea of being a, a father. Like I, like every time I would go to the bathroom, I would like look in the mirror and say to I look myself in the eye and say to myself, your wife is pregnant. You could possibly be a father this time next year. And every single time it looked like I was lying to myself. <laughs> like I, it wasn't real. I, I could, I, I had to bring myself to a point to where I could continue to say the word so that I could try to make it real to myself, but it was not working. And still to this day, it is not working. <laughs> I, I, it's, I don't, it's so far outside of anything that I expected, even though I wanted it. And it's, And I think it's the same for both of us. It's the same for my wife as well. Like we talk about it every day um, just because we're talking about all the changes that are coming and how we have to change bedrooms in the house and um, how it changes like our future plans about how we travel and go play. Well, we haven't traveled a lot anyway yet because of my last job, but how it like even date nights and stuff like if you have an infant that changes date night because ain't no date night unless you can find a babysitter that's willing to take an infant or something so 
Like we're talking through all of these changes and none of it is real. Like it doesn't, it, it doesn't compute. And right now I'm almost in a situation where, excuse me, where I'm in autopilot, really. Like I can say it out loud. I can say my wife is pregnant. I can say that there is a fetus growing inside of her and it's, they're just words, <laughs> None of it makes any sense at all. Um, but one of the one of the cool things is like she has she has a couple of apps on her phone where she puts in information about like her cycle and all that kind of stuff and um, when she did the test and all that. So it estimates how far along you are. And I think um, today, as the, as I record this, she's somewhere between five and six weeks, according to one of these apps. So it'll, it shows you this little model of what the fetus looks like and it does not look human. And I did not realize that babies started out like that. I mean, I knew they started out small because I mean, duh, but I did not realize that they look like little seahorses inside of women that, um, have no face, no head, no nothing. Like I thought, like, this is my own ignorance, but I thought that when a fetus started to develop, like it looked like a tiny, tiny person that just grew into a much bigger person. I didn't realize that they started out looking like worms and I wasn't prepared for that. So it, it's kind of weird seeing the images that that uh, show up on her phone. And then it gives you like the size, like it's like the size of a chocolate chip or it's, Blah, 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 which is also weird because I don't feel like I was ever that small, but obviously I was that small because I'm alive and that's how we all come out. Um, but it's such a weird process because it's so new to me, but it's, it's like everybody else has been through this. There are 7 billion people on this planet. This is not a new thing. Uh, this has been happening since, since people existed, but for some reason it's just it's novel it's 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 crazy but one of the the other hardest aspects about it is that we can't tell anybody yet because like i said we're only five weeks into this thing um one week of actually knowing about it so i mean at this point all we have is the is a pregnancy test and then another pregnancy test that my wife took a few days later um, both of them having positive results. So, I mean, as I as I record this, we've told nobody at all. I haven't told any of my friends, even my closest friends. We haven't told our parents, haven't told anybody. I think the only person that knows is my wife's boss. And that's only because she wanted to prepare her um, just for other stuff that's going on. So I guess in, in saying that, I can also say that um, one of the other journeys that we are walking through and my wife obviously is walking through it more so than, than me. And I guess before I even get into that, I can say that, um, I don't want this to, I don't want anything about this podcast, um, which is clearly going to be about our journey through pregnancy from my perspective, because my wife is not going to get on here and talk about anything, but I do not at all want to make it seem like this is a big thing for me and a, a journey for me because it's our journey. But I mean, even, even in saying our, it's kind of, it feels like I'm being generous in saying our, because 
I'm not doing the work. Like I, biologically, my job has been done already. Now, as a husband, I'm just trying to find where I fit. I'm trying to find my role. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out what what I need to do how can I help what can I do and most of the time I'm just sitting there watching my wife go through things that I can't do anything about which is excruciating so one of the things that I was about to get into is that <clears throat> I mean I don't think my wife would mind me sharing this and obviously if you're listening to it then she didn't because I'm clearly going to clear it with her before I do it but my wife has a She has what's called endometriosis, and I only know so much about it. But what I do know is that she has uh, she has a lot of pain that she goes through that is over and above what women who do not have endometriosis go through. And in the beginning stages of this, before we even knew that she was pregnant, um, she had gone to the doctor and they had found like these these cysts that were on her ovaries that they told her that they could remove but it would be a lot like a a pretty major surgery in order to do so so she elected not to do it and they said that the that they weren't they weren't inhibiting her from getting pregnant or anything like that so for the moment she's just dealing with the pain for for most of her life since she went through puberty she's been on uh, birth control pills not because of anything that she was doing but because it helped regulate her hormones and it helped regulate the pain, like it, it, it helped to take care of that. So, um, for the past year, she has been off of that, which means that she has to deal with the pain and deal with all this other stuff that she hasn't been dealing with for, for her, for her whole life. So it's been a struggle for her and it's been excruciating seeing her go through all of this pain and I can't do anything about it. And in the beginning stages of this, like right before we found out, like the pretty well, the night before we found out, um, she had what she said was the worst night ever. And um, endometriosis is hereditary. Her mom went through it as well. Her mom actually, according to the doctor, was supposed to be infertile, um, which clearly didn't work out um, because my wife exists. But her mom has been, um, my mother-in-law has been trying to help her out, trying to be a support. Um, and like she, when Camille, when my wife was having this, this, this worst night ever, she said she was up and down all night. She was going to the bathroom and throwing up and like, she couldn't get any sleep. And she was like, what is going on? So, um, she decided to take the test the next morning and that's when she found out. But, um, it's, it's nuts. Like I... I don't know. I like I, I in the I think what I was about to say was in the in the beginning stages um she was going through a lot of pain even after she found out about it she was going through a lot of pain when she was at work. And I am sitting here worried like uh does that mean that something's wrong? Her on the other hand is starting to get used to the pain and whenever she doesn't feel the pain she's like, "Oh my gosh, something's wrong. I don't hurt anymore." <laughs> Which is odd. But I don't know. Like I'm I'm not going to continue to to ramble on in this episode, but 
I did want to kind of set the stage um, for what this show is going to be. I'm planning on posting. Well, I'm not going to post until we actually announce to the world that we're pregnant. So by the time you're listening to this, there are probably several different episodes that you can listen to in succession. Uh, My plan as of right now is to do this every week and kind of talk about um, what we're going through, uh, what I see, what I feel, what she sees and feels from my perspective, I guess. Uh, because you're not going to get hers because she's not going to talk to you. She doesn't want to talk to you. Um, but I mean, yeah, that's the plan. Um, I don't know. Uh, again, this isn't, this isn't a new thing because we're not the first couple to ever go through this, obviously. Um, but it's new to me. It's new to us and it's exciting it's scary because I'm about to, we're about to be solely responsible for another life, which is insane. Um, but, uh, maybe throughout the course of this, I can queue up some interviews with a couple of friends. Um, some of my friends that have already gone through this, uh, the homie Marcus, uh, who has two daughters already. Um, my boy James, who has a daughter, all of these little girls also being my goddaughters um maybe i can reach out to some other people and get some interviews and other perspectives but for now that's what it is um this is gonna be uh, a solo podcast i may ask chris to come in here and talk if he wants to um but yeah for now it's just gonna be a weekly update on what's been going on so I hope you enjoy it. Um, I hope you stick around. I hope you listen. I hope you follow and subscribe and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, <clears throat> I haven't decided if I'm going to create a Twitter account or anything yet if, yet for it. Um, as of right now, it's just me um, at Walk Says at W-A-L-K-S-A-Y-S. Uh, give me a follow if you'd like. And I guess I'll talk to you next week. Be good.